This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Fantastic. Amen. Luke chapter 2. I just want to share very briefly uh, around uh, the subject of our Savior's birth. And I'm going to read some verses. This is from the message translation. And I'm excited to share tonight because, you know, every year at my house growing up, my parents, we would come running down way too early in the morning around our Christmas tree and getting ready to open up all of our gifts before we were allowed to open up a gift. This is the passage that my father would read. He would open up his Bible to Luke chapter 2, and as we would grow older, my father would begin to pass his Bible around, and pretty soon it would be myself that would get to read the Christmas story, and then my little sister that would read it, my little brother that would read it, and we would always, as a family, share these verses, Luke chapter 2, and I think it's appropriate tonight, just as a family, that we gather around Luke chapter 2. Now, for those of you that might not know the story that well, let me just... What great news. Not only is she pregnant with God, she's, um, she's engaged to be married. How in the world can she break this news to this man? And long story short, everything works out, and, and she gives birth to this. In fact, the angel gave him his name. His name is Jesus. Gave birth to this child, not in like the Ritz-Carlton, but, you know, in, in a manger. And this baby's born, and we're going to pick up the verses this evening right after Jesus has been born in a manger to these te this teenage couple, Joseph and Mary, and watch what the Bible says right directly after the virgin birth. It says this, When the eighth day had arrived, the day of circumcision, the child was named Jesus, and the name given by the angel before him was conceived. That when the days stipulated by Moses for purification were complete, they took him up to Jerusalem to offer him to God as commanded in God's law. Every male who opens the womb shall be a holy offering to God. And also the sacrifice, the pair of doves or two young pigeons described in God's law. Verse 25, in Jerusalem at that time there was a man named Simeon by name, a good man. A man who lived in the prayerful expectancy of the help of Israel and the Los Angeles Rams winning a game. And the Holy Spirit was on him and the Holy Spirit had shown him that he would see the Messiah of God before he died. Led by the Spirit... He entered the temple as the parents of the child Jesus brought him in to carry out the rituals of the law. Simeon took him into his arms and blessed God. Listen to what he said. He said, God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. With my own eyes, I have seen your salvation. It's now out in the open for everybody else to see. A God-revealing light to the non-Jewish nations and of glory for your people Israel. Jesus' father and mother were speechless with surprise at these words. Simeon went on to bless them and said to Mary, his mother, The child marks both the failure and the recovery of many in Israel. A figure misunderstood and contradicted the pain of a sword thrust through you. But the rejection will force honesty as God reveals who they really are. Now watch this. This gets crazier. Anna, the prophetess, who was also there, a daughter of Pevimimimim, from the tribe of Asher, she was now, by now, a very old woman. She had been married, listen to this, she had been married seven years and a widow now for 84 years. 
She never left the temple area, worshiping night and day with her fastings and prayers. At the very time Simeon was praying, she showed up, broke into an anthem of praise to God, and talked about the child to all who were waiting expectantly for freeing of Jerusalem. When they finished everything required by God and the law, they returned, returned to Galilee and their own town in Nazareth. There the child grew strong in body and the wise in spirit, and the grace of God was on him. What kind of gift have they just received? I want to preach a message this evening on Christmas Eve, and you can just write down the title. I'm not going to preach for too long, but I do want to encourage you on Christmas Eve. I want to preach a message called Wrapping Paper. Write down that title, Wrapping Paper. And I'm going to pray right now, and I'm going to believe that wherever you are in your faith journey, that God will come and encourage you this evening that he is for you, he is with you, and he loves you so much that he gave his one and his only son. Amen? Come on, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you are in this church. You are so good. On this Christmas Eve, we pause to remember the reason for the season, that God, you so loved the world, you so loved us, that you gave. And tonight we receive grace, we receive salvation, we receive your love and your faithfulness. Thank you that tonight you are kind, you are good, and you are who you say you are. We love you more than life itself. And God, we pray for every child up in Zoe Kids that they will get the gifts that they were believing for and what they ask Santa Claus for. God, we know that we really are Santa ourselves as parents. So God, give us the grace in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on a little bit louder. And everybody said, amen and amen. Um, I don't know if you grew up in a home where Christmas was a big deal. In my house, Christmas was a massive deal. And not just Christmas, but even Christmas Eve. Julia is a pastor's kid. I am a pastor's kid. So every year, my whole life, I've been going to Christmas Eve service. Christmas Eve service, right after that, a party at our home. We would always open up one present. And then on Christmas Day, we would get to open one, uh, the rest of our gifts. One on Christmas Eve, the rest on Christmas morning. Now, things like that happened in our tradition of our home when we were older, but when I was young, we used to always go to my grandmother, Conchita, to her house, <clears throat> like my whole life. So my grandmother, Conchita, lived on the other side of the state of Washington where I grew up. We would have Christmas Eve service. We would drive three, four hours to Conchita's house, and we would get there in time, like midnight, so that we could celebrate Christmas Eve with our family. Now, Mexicans, they are no Mexican is waiting until Christmas morning to open up their gifts. Mexicans, we open up all of our gifts and tamales on Christmas Eve. Somebody say amen. So Christmas Eve, you would come to my grandmother Conchita's house, and you would walk in, and all the cousins, how many of y'all know we got cousins for days? All the cousins have gathered, and my grandmother's huge Christmas tree would be surrounded with literally hundreds of presents. Now, I got to be honest with you. I love coming to my grandmother Conchita's house because it exposed what ants were good with wrapping gifts and who wasn't. Like, for example, my mother to this day is the sweetest, greatest woman alive. But she cannot buy a gift nor wrap well to save her soul. Okay, this is not her gift. It's not her grace. She has other graces. This is not it. So we would get to grandma's house and, you know, all of the wrap presents would be around. But I love my grandmother Conchita because she would never wrap one gift. Never, none of her gifts for any of the cousins, my aunts, or my uncles were wrapped. My grandmother 
Conchita was a Nordstrom shopper. When you shop at Nordstrom, you don't need wrapping paper. Nordstrom already gave you the wrapping gift that you needed. So all throughout the, around the Christmas tree were just literally hundreds of gifts in these Nordstrom boxes. Now, what's amazing about opening up a Christmas present is that when you walk up to a Christmas present like a pair of shoes, you know that box in that box is a pair of shoes before you even open it. Like, I love my grandmother because I knew what I was getting by the box. I knew what I was getting even before I opened. It, it looked like clothes that's either a sweater or a pair of jeans like I can just tell by the by the wrapping the presentation what's in that gift now some of my other aunts like my Thea Ceci or my Thea Kuka like you don't know what Thea Kuka got done cooking in there because the wrapping paper is a little bit misleading I want to talk tonight about how some of God's greatest gifts in your life come in the most unusual wrapping some of God's greatest gifts do not come as you think that they would, but sometimes God's greatest blessing in your life shows up in the most peculiar, the most strange wrapping that you could ever imagine. Now, let's go to this story just very quickly. In Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 40, Mary and Joseph, these teenagers, have already realized this is an unusual gift. An angel came and told me I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right, God. So it's already been a little bit of an interesting journey. An angel came and said, this is the name. You're going to give birth to the Messiah. It's always been a, already been a little bit peculiar because they gave birth in a manger. Now, did you see what happened? The days of purification have passed. They're going to circumcise their boy, and they're going to dedicate their boy to God. Isn't it amazing that God is being dedicated to God? And I heard someone say recently, it's quite fascinating that thousands of babies have been born and become a king, but only one king has been born and become a baby. The only one king has ever been that became a baby. Here is the king of the world, the king of heaven, and he is now becoming a baby and being given back to God. The parents take them into this boy into church, and as they walk into church, this older gentleman named Simeon loses his mind. He begins to freak out. He says, oh, my gosh. You ever see a dude that is uncomfortable with holding a baby? You ever watch a guy that's just like, oh, I, can't, I will break it. Like, you're not going to break a human, bro. You're fine. But you ever see a guy, not Simeon. Simeon takes the child into his arms. Now, the Bible describes Simeon as one who was fervent in prayer. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he lived with expectation. I just wonder this next year if you can live your life filled with prayerful expectation, that you're expecting God to do something great. You're expecting for this to be the best year of your life. You're expecting for breakthrough. You're, come on, Simeon lived his life expecting good things from God. He stayed in the fight and stayed in the faith. He stayed in the story because he expected good things from God. I wonder this Christmas, is your mindset Set, expecting good things from God. Not just good things around the Christmas tree, but good things from heaven. Come on, anybody believe today that we should turn our expectations up and believe that God's going to do something great? The Bible says Simeon, filled with the Holy Spirit, lived 
in constant expectation that God was going to do something good. He was always expecting. Now, we know this about Simeon, that he had already received a promise from God. Now he was waiting on the promise of God. I wonder how many people are here tonight. And God's promised you something, and it's yet to be revealed. It's yet to be realized. Can I encourage you? The way that you live between receiving the, pro uh, receiving the promise and fulfilling the promise is that you live in constant expectation that God's going to fulfill what he promised. Simeon's waiting for it, and he's expecting it, and he's believing God for it. And this couple walks through the doors of their church on a Sunday. It's baby dedication. Sunday. Now, if you come to Zoe and you're new to our church, every time we dedicate children, there's going to be two families that are up here on the stage, the Andersons and the Duvalls. It's just going to happen. They're always going to be having some new child up on stage. You can bet your bottom dollar. I'm living in prayerful expectation. So, so they walk into church for the, for the dedication of this child and this old man, Simeon, starts to freak out. He grabs the baby and watch the words that he says. He says, God, take me now, Jesus, take me now. I can finally go home and rest in peace. Because what you promised me has come to fruition. God had promised Simeon that before he died, he would get to see with his own eyes the Messiah. He would get to see with his own eyes the salvation of Israel. When he saw Jesus, isn't it amazing that when people see Jesus for the first time, they have such a drastic reaction? When John the Baptist saw Jesus for the first time, the Bible says he pointed his finger and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But when, when Simeon saw Jesus, he said, Mary, bless you, but you need to give me that child. And he looked down at Jesus and he said, This young man right here, he will be responsible for the rise and the fall of many. He said, you know, the whole world is going to see that this is a gift not only to the Jewish community. Isn't it amazing that God had given this gift to the Jews and they missed it eventually? But even Simeon is calling out, this isn't just for God's chosen people, the Jews. This is for the, even the non-Jewish nations. This is for the whole world. Anybody thankful tonight on Christmas that Jesus is not just good news for America, but Jesus is good news for the whole world. What's going on in Nice? What's going on in Berlin? What's going on all over the world? Come on, anybody thankful today? He's for everybody. He grabs this boy and he's holding it. He's probably looking over at Mary and Joseph. Y'all have no idea. Take me now, Jesus. Take me now. My eyes have seen the Messiah. He looks at Mary. He said, Mary, you're so blessed. I can't believe. He's, he's like, you ever come to church and you see that old, the older couple that, you know, they talk to people and embrace everybody and hug everybody. When you're young, you can't hug everybody because people all think you're single and you're weird. When you're older, you can hug everybody. Simeon said, give me the child. And he's talking to Mary. He said, put his arm around. You're so blessed. And woo you done well, child. And he's looking at, he's looking at this baby going, this is the, this is the Messiah. This is the Savior of the universe. Oh, take me. My eyes have seen your glory. Now, watch Simeon's losing his mind. At the same time, Simeon is going off to the mom about the child that she has just received. Now, at the same exact time, Anna the prophetess, she's a prophetess, which means to prophesy she can foretell the future. She sees the future. I want to tell you, always put people in your world that can see the goodness in your life and to see the good things ahead that's coming up in your world. I hope that around this Christmas holiday that you're not just celebrating what God's done, but get some people around you that can see all the good things that are about to happen in your world, that can prophesy to your situation and say, I see blessing coming your way. I see open doors coming your way. I see favor. Come on, anybody want some, some prophecy in your life?
Her name's Anna the prophetess, and Anna loves church. Like, she doesn't just think church is cool. Church is her life. The Bible says she was married for seven years and then a widow for 84. Truly, this is before any ChristianMingle.com ever existed. She was married for seven. She's a widow for 84. After her husband dies, she just goes, forget it. I don't need men. All I need is God. And she spends all of her life in church, worshiping the Lord, praising God, giving glory to God. You know, it's amazing. And can I encourage you? When you just get around the things of God and you're in the house of God, the blessing that falls on another couple, it will affect your life. The blessing that happens in somebody else's world, it's going to evoke worship in your world. And watch what Anna does. She walks back up in the temple, and she knows Simeon, and she sees Simeon, and she's watching him praise, and the Bible says she goes into her own praise break. She goes into her own worship, and she starts to go crazy and to worship on her own because she realizes what Simeon realizes, that this is not an ordinary child. This is not just another baby dedication Sunday. This right here is the hope for humanity. This is Christ crucified. This is what all the prophets prophesied about. This is Jesus Christ. And the Bible says after Simeon loses his mind and Anna goes crazy in her mind, the parents take the child, they get back into their little Prius, because that's all they can afford, if you judge their journey. Very good on gas miles. They drive away. You ever, as a married couple, you get in the car, and you don't talk to each other because you're like, what just happened? They're in the car, they're not even talking. Like, He's not even going like, wow, Simeon guy is kind of cool, right? They're not in the car going like, babe, what, what did you think about Anna? Crazy story. 84 years a widow. They're driving in that Prius thinking, what in the world have we just received? What in the world did God just drop into our lap? Isn't it amazing that sometimes God will bless you with something somebody else has been praying for? Simeon had been praying and praying and praying and praying, and God blessed another man with what he had been believing for. Can I encourage you? And I'm going to give you three things to write down tonight. Write down that first one. Sometimes what God gives you is an answer to someone else's prayer. Sometimes God's going to bless you. And listen, can I encourage you? The reason why God does this is because God has a unique plan for your life, and God has a unique plan for their life. God's got something unique for your life. God's got something specific for you. It's your grace zone. It's your faith story. It's your journey. Sometimes you got to be careful because God will end up blessing you and answering somebody else's prayer. I remember years ago, this great man, John Maxwell. John Maxwell, a, he's a, a very famous uh, author and leadership coach. And he told this story about he was pastoring a church. And he be, began to, uh, God began to deal with him about racial reconciliation. That God would begin to show him about his own prejudice and about how his own mind and heart was towards certain ethnicities. And God began to break his heart. So he came to his church and he got in front of his whole community and began to repent. And he said, God's been dealing with me. God's been talking to me and began to lay this whole thing out for his church. We're not going to be those kind of people. We're going to believe in racial reconciliation. Why don't we as Zoe believe the same? Somebody say amen. 
And so when he got up, he was crying, and, and it was a real serious moment. He said, well, after the service, this couple, elderly couple, kind of like a Simeon and an Anna couple came up after the service. And they said, we have been believing God for years that God would do something like that in our life and do something like that in this church. You never know what God does in your life could be the answer to prayer in somebody else's life. And write down number two. It goes just alongside. Sometimes what God gives you is not just for you. emphasis. It's not only blesses my life, but he said this gift right here is for all to see. I want to encourage you tonight. You are blessed not just for you, but you are blessed to be a blessing. God does not bless you to hide you out. God does not bless you to hide you under a bush. When God starts to bless your life, it's not just an answer to prayer for somebody else. It's so that it's for everybody can see. It's so that everybody can see your business. Everybody can see your soul prosper. Everybody can see that smile on your face. Everybody, I pray that the blessing that falls in your lap in 2017, it will not be something you have to hide. It will be put out there so the glory of God can be revealed. Come on, anybody thankful today? Sometimes God will bless you, and it's not just for you, it's for somebody else. You know, the Bible says that he comforts us so we can be a comfort. He blesses us so we can be a blessing. I want you this Christmas, make sure that the blessing that you have, you realize it's not about me, it's about what I can do for others. It's not about what I can receive, it's more about what I can give. It's not about just this gift or this thing that I have, but it's about how I can leverage it so I can help encourage somebody else. What is the thing that God's given you that God wants you to stop hiding and he wants you to put it on display? Simeon grabbed, uh, maybe he was saying it, you ever have someone say a passive aggressive comment to you? Maybe Simeon was saying it so the parents didn't hide out this child. Oh my, this is for everybody to see this. He was saying, this not, not just bless me. Woo! Everybody needs this. Woo! This is the Messiah. He was, he was emphasizing something, wasn't he? He was saying, don't you think this child is for you, Mary and Joseph? This is bigger than you. God's blessing in your life is always bigger than you. Write down number three as we conclude this evening. Sometimes what God gives you is, it's beyond description and it's filled with awe and wonder. Sometimes God will give you something. And maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's the community God blesses you with. Maybe it's the way that God uses your life, but sometimes God will give you something and it is beyond description and it's filled with awe and wonder. Now, again, use your imagination with me if you would. And um, worship team, you can come join with me. But can you use your imagination? They're in the Prius and they're driving away. And they can't really talk that much. Why? Because they're filled with awe and wonder. You know, I want to encourage you tonight. We serve the God of wonder. We serve the God that is so gracious, so scandalous in his grace, so beyond our faithfulness comprehension, that when God does stuff in your world, you might look at the package at the first glance and go, no, 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 I, I think I'd rather have this, but you never know what God has for you. Sometimes isn't it amazing that God blesses your life and it takes other people's 
comments or praises to realize what God dropped in your lap? And sometimes God will use a Simeon and an Anna to remind you, I have just blown your expectations out the water. And maybe at first glance, in the first days of purification, Mary and Joseph couldn't realize what they just had. Sometimes it takes us weeks and months to realize, oh my gosh, that just happened. And God sends these two elderly people into this young couple's lives so they can realize, I'm the God of wonder. I am the God that is beyond your human comprehension. And I can do such marvelous, wonderful, incomprehensible things at the drop of a hat. Don't you look at its package. Don't you look at the wrapping. Don't you look as man sees. The Bible says that man judges on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God gets to the further issue. And I hope this Christmas you're not staring at wrapping paper. I hope this Christmas you're not looking at the size of, 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 of the box, but you're looking and going, God, you have been so faithful. You have been so gracious. You have been so kind. God, help me to walk in the awe and the wonder. I wonder who I'm preaching to this Christmas that needs to realize and turn up the wonder of God, saying, God, how did you do it? How did you take my mess of 2016? and turn it around to set me up for success in 2017. I don't know how you do this stuff. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. I don't deserve it. I don't earn it. I keep messing up. I keep failing. I, I feel, feel condemned. I feel shameful. I feel broken. I feel like I don't deserve it. But God, you keep coming through and giving me more stuff than I deserve. This Christmas, you and I have more than we could ever ask for, more than we could ever think of, and more than we could ever imagine. And I pray that your lives are filled with the wonder of heaven. I think that's why God sent Simeon. Simeon didn't just have realization for himself. That wasn't just for Simeon, was it? But that was for these parents to drive home, sit in that car and go, what kind of a gift did God just give us? What kind of a gift do you have this Christmas that God's been so good and faithful? Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.